Let's take some shots. JK, we're sober. I'm Julie. And I'm Kimberly. And today, I'm sorry, we have the giggles today. Um, Kimberly realized that tomorrow is, what'd you say, a year since the shutdown? It's the, we've come to the calendar year of the shutdown, March 22nd, New York closed their doors from start to finish. You know, every apartment door, house door locked, literally like hiding for our lives because (laughs) there was a virus that was, it's actually, you know, I'm trying to not laugh because we lost a lot of people to this virus, but yeah, yeah, um, it's definitely, um, definitely fucked up and especially right now we're recording over zoom because i have covid for the second time so and i got my vaccine so that is lovely um, and i get my second one on the 31st and i'm like wondering like mm, do i do it i mean yeah you already got the first so Why not? Gotta, yeah you gotta just get, go all out but you know what honestly the first time i had it in december i was like not stable I mean, I was not in the hospital, so I thank God for that, but I was definitely, like, really weak, really tired, like, every symptom of a cold and a virus you can have from, like, head to toe I had, and I also have fibromyalgia, so I was, like, really, really weak, and since I got the vaccine, I've tested negative a few times, I have to get tested at work every week, I work in a hospital, and, um, Then I tested positive and I'm not, I'm like, okay. Like I definitely, I'm like really exhausted, but that's really it. Nothing crazy. Well, that's good. So it's kind of like getting the flu vaccine where you're like, you can still get the flu, but it's just not as bad. Yes. That's literally what I was on the phone with employee health today because they had said, they were like, oh, do you, um, they asked if I got the vaccine, if I had it, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, well, we might like our infectious disease team might like look at your sample a little more. So I call back and I'm like, so what'd they say? Like, did they say that I actually have it again? And she was like, well, we don't really know what they're going to do with the sample, but we just have to treat it like you do have COVID again, because we have been seeing cases where people get the vaccine and get COVID. It's not 110% bulletproof, just like any vaccine. So, and I literally said that to her, I'm like, oh, so it's like the flu. This is going to be like a yearly thing for all of us. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like that too. And it's funny because like we're talking about the vaccine, I almost flipped because this is how much research I do, which is zero. I got (laughs) the first vaccine and they handed me paperwork and I'm walking out the door after the vaccine. And like, I'm really weird about these types of things. So a million times on the paperwork, it said not FDA approved. And I was like, holy shit, what the fuck did I just do? And I'm like, I probably just got poison injected into me. And I'm like weird. Like there's certain supplements I won't take because it's not FDA approved, but it's like most aren't FDA approved. So it's like, you can't win on that one. So a little, a little education about the vaccine. Um, Since I work in the hospital, I've talked to many doctors and many people and um, so COVID comes and this is by no means 
accurate. This is just what I've heard through the grapevine of different people working at the hospital. And I am by no means a medical professional. Let me just put that disclaimer. I'm a social worker. So anything I say right now could be a complete lie, but I'm just going to give my, what I've heard. Um, is that people were like so concerned that it happened so fast and that, you know, like, oh, it's like they're putting chips into me. Like, well, first of all, no one really cares what the fuck you're doing. So no one's putting a chip in you. I promise you, no one wants to search you and locate you, but that's okay. Second of all, they were thinking that like, it might not be safe since it took so quick, quote unquote, to come out. But really they've, so COVID is a strand of coronavirus. And so when people say like, oh, I got the Rona, I have Corona, that's not true. If you have COVID, you have COVID, not just Corona. And Corona comes from the SARS virus. So it's the SARS Corona COVID-19, you know, it's like a whole big, nice little strand. And they've been working on a vaccine for the SARS virus for years. And now like that, so it was already like in the works. And then they were able, I guess this is where my knowledge kind of like gets a little totally not accurate, probably. They like were able to produce it quicker. And like the amount, the fact that they didn't produce it, it's like it's that billions of dollars went into like production and distribution. That's why they were able to get it out so quickly to people. And like if you think about it, they have a new a new uh, flu vaccine every year. And there's different yeah. strains of the flu. So like, how do they come out with that so quick? Like, it's just like any other vaccine, but COVID in general is like so new and no one really like knows anything about it or like what it can do to us and it affects everyone differently. So um, yeah, it's been like a really fucked up year. I'm literally wondering like how long we're gonna have to wear masks for because I'm debating listeners I am listeners <laughs> on starting to get masks that match my outfits. There we have are come like, to that level. There are a lot of like designer. Remember we went to that meeting and we saw those people with the Michael Kors masks. I'm sorry, but I will always laugh at that. I know. <laughs> And that was like two months ago. Um, people are like pretty crazy about getting, and they're like becoming a fashion statement. They are like, I mean, I'm almost 30, but I love forever 21. And I went on their website, like just window shopping. Um, because, you know, totally two different areas. I'm either on forever 21 or anthropology, but I was looking and they had all these like outfits that I was like into and they came with matching masks. And I was like, it's, I would wear that to work. It's crazy what our <laughs> world has come to. And I also have like a slight mask appreciation for the fact that like, although my masks are like probably making me break out more when I have acne on like my chin and like, I'm like a picker, like I'm gross and like, I can't stop. And this like kind of covers that up. So like, although the mask might be producing acne, at least I can still cover it up. And I don't look like a psycho walking around all day with like a gross face on, even though it's not gross, it's just acne, but they're, um, and it's nice for like my facial expressions because I am very, um, as we know, very forward. 
<laughs> and like, I kind of wear my expression on my face most of the time. So it's pretty nice when like, I go talk to patients and like my mask is there. I'm like, thank the Lord this mask is there because my mouth is like dropped right now out of disbelief of what the hell you're saying. So it's kind of nice, but you know, definitely not something that like I want to do forever. Yeah. I definitely don't want to do it forever, but I don't feel that the masks are going to go away this year. No, I don't think so. And honestly, because like I'm someone who got the vaccine and then got COVID again. So it's kind of like, I don't really have that many symptoms. Like I'm pretty fine. So like if I didn't think to get tested, you know, like if I didn't think I was exposed recently, then I wouldn't have gotten tested because I feel like pretty fine. And then I could have given it to someone else if I didn't have a mask on and then they could get really sick. So like, you know, like everyone reacts so differently. So like, I don't think that this is going away. In my opinion, I think that people are going to get the vaccine. They're going to think that they don't need to do anything. They don't have to protect anyone, protect themselves, wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. And then we're going to get like another wave of bullshit by people getting sick. But I don't know. That's just my uneducated opinion on it. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you feel sobriety wise in this pandemic like do you feel like you've hit a wall in the pandemic with your sobriety like all right like this is it um you know I'm not what what are the words that want to come out of my mouth right now (laughs) it's like do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth (laughs) (laughs) no because none are (laughs) um like, do you, like, where do you feel you're at right now in the pandemic? Um, I feel like, I don't know. It's so hard because this pandemic has been like really crazy for everyone. Right. And especially people in recovery. Um, but for myself, I think that I, you know, starting last year around this time is when my depression started to get like a lot worse. It kind of started in like February of 2020 and then everything shut down and then I was working from home and then we weren't going to meetings in person. Everything was on zoom. And at first I was a little resistant. And then I was like, Oh, this is nice. I don't have to get out of my bed. So I was doing a lot of like, I had my computer in my bed and I would wake up for work. I would roll over get my computer, log on, start my day and stay in my bed besides to like get food and go to the bathroom. And then I would be in my bed when work was over, shut my computer, maybe take a little nap, depending what time I was done, reopen my computer, go on zoom and then shut my computer and went to bed all in my bed. So it's like, for me, I feel like my mental health definitely, um, suffered a bit, but I feel as if I was also able to learn a lot about myself. Um, because I think for me, I, you know, as you guys know, I shared a few episodes ago that I got off all my medication and went back on it and whatever. And, um, for my depression and like sobriety wise though, I feel like I've come to a new appreciation of the fact that I am sober and the fact that I have, do you hear the birds chirping? I do. 
my window's open. It's so nice. It's I so know loud. my Amazon package came. So I put myself on break to go grab them. And I was like, it is a crime right now that I am working. Right. <laughs> I went to the dog park before to like walk around and uh, I socially distance and have my mask kill those listeners. Anyway, so back to my sobriety. I feel like, I don't know. I've come to a new appreciation that I'm able to sit with myself a lot more than I would in the past because I feel like you know when shit happens like we don't really I don't know what I'm trying to say I feel like I haven't said anything of like that has made sense but I think that you know I don't know I just feel like I'm able to appreciate a lot more that I've been able to stay sober through this pandemic because we've had a lot of friends that have relapsed we've had a lot of deaths to like around us you know a lot of people in our program and a lot of people who we don't know like have died because of alcohol or drugs and Mm -hmm. that is like really fucking scary and like really sad to me and I feel like the fact that I've been able to stay sober this whole pandemic is like incredible like I am so proud of myself and I feel very fortunate to have the friends that I have and the support group that I have um and the family that I have but, you know, it's definitely, um, it's definitely hard because sometimes I feel like it just like gets to me. Like I'm so drained and I'm so tired of like, like life. <laughs> like I've said in the past, living is just like so inconvenient right now. And it's just like, everything is like a fucking process. And like, now I have to quarantine again. Like, it's just annoying. Did I answer your question? Cause I feel like I just babbled and I don't really know what I said. No, you did. I feel like, I don't know. So as I've shared on the podcast, I, the world shut down and I was like, oh, let me put the booze away. <laughs> Cause shit's about to get real, real fast. <laughs> and I decided to get sober. So my emotions were like, you know, no one can see me right now, but I'm doing a roller coaster motion. <laughs> With your but- hand. <laughs> but like they were like up and down um you know I didn't sleep the first three months of my sobriety um I think I maybe slept let's say I slept for a couple days before I met you Julia at that barbecue (laughs) (laughs) because it might have been the most alert I had been in my sobriety is going to that party yeah Um, which Never in a million years would I think I was going to get in my car, go to a sober barbecue to a bunch of people I had no idea was there, like did not know one single soul that was going to be there. And now you're my best friend. I know. We're doing a podcast together and I love you. I love you more. (laughs) It's just like crazy what sobriety has done for me. Like it's literally taken me out of my comfort level which sometimes is scary. Sometimes it's even more comforting because I'm like, okay, I'm I'm doing the right thing. Like I'm not regressing. I'm experiencing progress. Yeah. Like I'm doing more than I would and what I should do. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's just, I'll always laugh at that. Like, I'll always laugh at me going to that party because when I was drinking, like if I literally changed your life, it literally changed my life. Like Julie was talking about just now about the friends that she has. And I'm grateful for the friends that I have too, because if I never got in my car that day, 
And if I never got a message from one of our dear friends on Facebook one day, mm-hmm. I would not have any of you in my lives. I would have never met you, Julie. Yeah. I don't know if I still would have stayed sober. I remember when we were at one of the first meetings in Center Reach that we went to and you were like, you know, I kind of wish that like I did this like earlier, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, but if you did this earlier and it stuck earlier, then you maybe wouldn't have met all the people that you met. And then if you might have relapsed later down the road, you know, like I feel like everything, I was never a strong believer and everything happens for a reason because I always felt like, why do people die? Why do people get sick? Why this? Why that? Why, 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 why? But then, you know, I was talking to my roommate the other day and she said something pretty profound that I was like, whoa, you know, like when I know that I shared here before that with my depression, I was like, you know, nothing is more frustrating than working so hard to get sober and then still being miserable. Like, why did this have to happen to me? Why did I have to get, oh, something else. I don't know if I told our listeners that I now, I think I did last week, maybe, or maybe not, that I have a liver disease now from drinking that I, from my excessive alcohol use for over 10 years, like I now have a liver disease. Like, why did that have to happen to me? Why, 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 why? And my roommate was like, well, why not you? Like what makes you so special that like life doesn't have to happen to you. Like things happen to people every day. And that was like, wow, that's kind of true. You know, like, why do we have to lose people that we love? Why do people have to die? Like, well, because that's life. And like, why shouldn't we lose people? Why shouldn't we have to deal with mental health? Why shouldn't we have to deal with everything? You know, like what makes us so above everyone that like, you know, we got sober, like, why is this happening? Like, why not? Yeah, I love that actually. Yeah, and I feel like, um, like something else that I was thinking about with my sobriety this past year is that, you know, the fact that we stayed sober during the pandemic is incredible. And anyone that has stayed sober or gotten sober or has dabbled in sobriety during the pandemic is very brave. And, um, you know, I think that it's a lot of kind of like living life on life's terms, like we like to say, and it's a lot about accepting what's going on around me. And I feel like I've been able to accept the fact that I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict and I have my problems, but that doesn't mean that I have, like, I can still be sick, but that I don't, I choose not to suffer. And that's something that I have definitely, I feel like in my sobriety, you know, I am down on myself a lot and I do the whole pity party a lot. And I do a lot of negative self-talk and I say, I hate myself all the time. And, you know, a lot of negative things come out of my mouth. But at the same time, you know, I feel like the fact that I was able to get out of a really nasty, toxic relationship while being sober, like I was not even relationship, situationship, whatever the fuck, the fact that I was able to do that is like huge. That was in September of 2020. So the fact that I ended that relationship and totally walked away was giant. And then the fact that I went off all of my depression medication just to see where I was at was huge. You know, like I had enough support around me and enough people in my life and enough like 
reliance on my higher power to be able to do these things for myself. And that's something that I never would have done if I was drinking. And I never would have done if I was drugging. I would never get a nutritionist and learn how to eat healthier and lose weight. I would never have followed up with all my doctors and now know what's going on in my body to take care of myself. Like, you know, so as much as we may struggle and as much as we may, like for me, do the negative self-talk and like, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I suck, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm pretty fucking proud of myself and I'm proud of you. Like, thank you. And I feel like we definitely like have been putting our best foot forward and that's really hard. It is hard. Like we're confined to our homes and our jobs. And like, that's all we have right now. Like we can't, you know, go out and do, you know, our fun activities, whatever they may be. You know, right now, our only option is to go hiking in the middle of nowhere and hope no one sees you without a mask. And yeah, like like mass shamed. (laughs) (laughs) There's no slut shaming anymore. It's face shaming. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I got to tell you about um, the movie Moxie that we just watched, me and my roommate. Um, awesome gotta put it on Netflix it's all about like sticking it to the patriarchy and like totally like women rule and like stop slut shaming stop with the sexism stop this stop that but that's a whole other topic but I highly advise that you watch it it was fucking awesome me and my roommate were sitting there we're like yeah let's stick it to the man like we were like totally about it it was so good but anyway um so yeah so you like promising young woman yeah Yeah. And look at us. We're like, we're doing something that is like so hard. And like the fact that you just lost your poppy. Right. And the fact that I have stuff going on, but we also got sober and that was like the hardest thing that we'll ever have to do in our lives. Like ending relationships, losing people, this and that. Like, yeah, those are all normal human emotions that suck to experience. But like, we got sober. Mm-hmm. Like, that's huge. We did what a lot of pe- people either want to do or need to do. And we did it and we stuck with it and we're, we're not together because you have COVID right now, (laughs) but we're sitting recording a podcast about sobriety because we fucking did it and we stayed with it and we're living better lives now. And, you know, we're not waking up in strange places and wondering how we're going to get home because we forgot how we got there. You know, this kind of ties in to our, one of our listeners messaged us and said that they wanted to know, like, how do you know if giving up drinking is for the best? And I think that this is like a perfect example um, that, you know, I feel like you don't know, like you don't know until you do it, if that makes sense. Cause like when you first do it, it's like, oh my God, my life is falling apart. I'm for me. I lost all my friends. I was very insecure. I was just feeling like the only way I can describe it is that I wanted to rip my skin off and that I just wanted to like not exist because I was so uncomfortable, but like what you can do. And I keep bringing up my roommate. We talk a lot and we live together. So anyway, (laughs) I was just talking to her before this and she was like, you know, 
one of the really good things about getting sober is that you could always go back out if you want to, you know, like it's always like, so why not try and see if your life gets better? See if you improve, see if the things around you are better. And, you know, and if nothing's better and if you don't do the work and if you don't, whatever the case is, you can always go drink again. But like, you know, it's kind of like selling yourself short if you don't try. Cause like for me, or like, how did you know that giving up alcohol and drugs was the best thing to do? Um, I had, and we've spoken about this before, cause I think we both kind of experienced it towards the end of our drinking, um, an emotional bottom. Like I had lost, I, I lost my job because I wasn't doing the right thing. I had gotten fired um best birthday ever and I got fired I got a new job like quickly like maybe within two weeks like I got very lucky I think I was only unemployed for like two weeks and I got a new job but I was like fucking up all the time Mm -hmm. and it was because I was high all the time like because if I couldn't get drunk I'd get high and um I, something happened at work and it was big. And then I was just, I got tired. Like I got tired of keeping the fridge stocked. I got tired of looking in certain places to make sure something was there for me. Like when I lived um, a few towns over, I actually had a closet. I don't have a closet in my apartment right now it's great my my clothes look like they belong in jc penny because they're on a clothes rack but um like i had a closet and i kept a bottle in my closet because i was known to go in there and like never come out not because i was drinking but just because it's like oh i forgot i had this top i forgot i had this pair of shoes so i'd be like half dressed in two different outfits drinking yeah but i would keep alcohol like you know a typical alcoholic like you know keep it in all different areas and hide it in all different parts of the house like i had a bottle in my closet a bottle by my bed a bottle in the living room i would have shower beers like i was like full on and i got tired of it yeah. Like I, I finally got to the point where I just got tired of it. I got tired of not remembering yeah. also because not only was I drinking, but like I was blacking out. And like when you're by yourself and you're blacking out, like question that. Yeah. And I think also for me, I know that it was a lot of like, I was afraid. I got scared. That's how I knew, I think for me, that drinking was like enough and drugging was enough because I was scaring myself. Like I would wake up in places, I would have things that happened that I had no idea that happened. Um, You know, I also had that emotional bottom where I think I just, like you said, got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, um, you know, and we never know if giving up alcohol is right. Or if it's like the good thing to do, because we're young, you know, we're 28, 29, we're like, we're young. And we didn't like, for me, it was scary. Cause I was like, well, now what, when I, when I stopped drinking, I was like, okay, well, how do I know that this is right? Because like, 
everything revolves around alcohol these days. Like it's like, oh, let's go to happy hour. Let's go here and get some drinks. Let's go here and get some drinks, 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 drinks. And it's like, it's everywhere. And also it was everywhere because we made it everywhere. Like I couldn't just go to the beach. Like I had to go to the beach and bring like a cooler full of alcohol. I couldn't just go on a hike. I had to bring like mini bottles of wine. Like I couldn't just go bowling. I had to get three pitchers of beer. Like, you know, everything was always to the extreme, but it was kind of like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Like, am I not going to hang out with people? Am I not going to like have a life? Am I not going to talk to anyone? Am I not going to have fun? Am I not going to like party? Am I not going to this? Am I not like, you know, it's a lot of questions when you first get sober and a lot of like, yeah, I guess just really questioning, like, what are the next steps? Like, what am I going to do? Are people, are people going to think I'm fun? Are people going to want to hang out with me? Are they going to want to be my friend? Am I ever going to date again? Like, you know, like it's scary, but you don't know until you do it and you do it. And I've realized that like, I don't, it's so stupid. Thinking of my mom right now, you don't need alcohol to have fun. And it's true. Like I really don't. And like, if anything, I have more fun and more genuine laughs now that I've been sober than I ever have in my life. So like, how do you know giving up alcohol is right? I don't know. I don't know if there's a right answer because it's different for everyone. And I feel like, you know, you can only get sober when you're ready to get sober. And when you feel like you want to get, when you are tired of drinking and it becomes a chore, maybe then it's the right time, you know? I like the way you put that. If it becomes a chore, because that's how it was for me. Yeah. It's like a task you know, Mm -hmm. like you like have to drink and like, I don't want to have to do anything. (laughs) Don't tell me what to do. You know, like I'm very, like, I don't, I don't know. I just, how do you feel about someone like sitting and just like assessing, like they're drinking, like walking through it? Like how often do I drink? How do I drink? Like, do you think it would be healthy for someone to sit and like ask themselves, like what kind of drinker am I? Yeah, I, that's a great question because I definitely, you know, if people are, first of all, (laughs) I think if people are questioning getting sober and if they're questioning, if they have an alcohol problem, chances are you do because normal people don't sit and debate their alcohol use. Normal people don't sit and be like, all right, I'm not going to drink today. I'm going to be good. I'm not going to drink. You know, like normal people don't have to moderate because they're normal. They don't have a drinking problem. So if you're sitting there questioning, is it a right thing for me to do to get sober? Then chances are like, it's probably worth a shot. And like, I know that there's like a list of questions that like people, like they ask in order to see, like, if you think that you have a problem, you know, um, I'm actually going to Google it. Um, Let's see. I'm Googling. You hear me like typing right now. Um, So there, I know that there's like a list of questions that people like need to, or not need to do, but a a list of things to see if like you are like quote unquote an alcoholic. Um, Oh, I think I found it. So, okay, here we go. So have you decided to stop drinking for a week or so, but it only lasted for a couple days? Um, Oh, wait, also let me pull up because I think I sent it to 
are friends. There was a, I'm studying to get my clinical license right now. So there was a list in the, like the DSM-5 um, that qualifies you for being like a substance use disorder, like alcohol or substances. So the qualification says this person must have at least two of the following for a given substance within a, the same 12 month period. Okay. So I'm just going to read them. Number one, taking a substance in larger amounts or for longer than you meant to. Yeah. I think that. Okay. Do you have that? I do. Okay. Two, wanting to cut down or stop using the substance, but not managing to. Okay. Check. Number three, spending a lot of time getting, using, or, rec or recovering from the use of the substance. Check. Yeah. Number four, craving and urges to use. Check. Number five, not managing to do what you should at work, home, or school because of the substance use check. <laughs> Number six, continuing to use even when it causes problems in relationships. Okay. Yeah. Check. Seven, <laughs> giving up important social, occupational, or recreational activities because of the substance use. Check. Mm -hmm. Number eight, using, so I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. It's just like, it's scary. You know, like yeah. it's like so true. Number eight, using substances again and again, even when it puts you in danger. Hmm. I think well, so. Um. <laughs> Number nine, continuing to use even when you know you have a physical or psychological problem that could have been caused or made worse by the substance. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Number 10, there's two more, 10 and 11. Number 10, needing more of the substance to get the effect you want. So you build a tolerance. Yes. Yeah. Number 11, development of withdrawal symptoms, which can be relieved by taking more of the substance. Yes. Yeah. So for anyone who's listening, according to the DSM-5, there, you have to have at least two of these things for a, for a given substance within the same 12-month period. So if any of these 11 items have occurred in your life within the same 12-month period, then according to the DSM-5 of diagnostics, you have a substance use disorder. <laughs> and, you know, like there's, and I think that that's not necessarily a bad thing for people to think about. Like, do you wish you would mind do you wish people would mind their own business about your drinking and stop telling you what to do? Have you ever switched from one kind of drink to another and hope that this would keep you from getting drunk? Have you had an eye opener upon an awakening in the past year? Do people envy, do you envy people who can drink without getting in trouble? Have you had problems connected with drinking during the past year? Has it caused trouble at home? Do you ever try to get extra drinks at a party because you do not get enough? You know, like there's so many, do you have blackouts? Do you miss day work or school? Do you tell yourself you can stop drinking anytime, even though you keep getting drunk when you don't mean to? Have you ever felt that your life might be better without drinking? So yeah, maybe those are great questions for people to read <laughs> because maybe if I read them in the midst, maybe I would have gotten sober sooner. I don't know. I probably would have read those and like, fuck that shit. I feel attacked. Right? right? <laughs> <laughs> like no 
but you know i think that was a great question because i just came up with some pretty uh pretty solid questions for our listeners if you're questioning if you think that getting sober is the right decision for you then maybe listen to those questions a few times and see how many you answer yes to and see how many you you know and if that's and if you look at it on paper and you still don't think you have a problem all right then I'll pray for you and hope that one day you decide you do have a problem because I know all those things I checked off and I definitely have a problem. Same. Did you identify with all of them? Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) We're sick. We don't mean to laugh. It's not funny. It's a very serious thing, but it's just like, you know, once you get sober and you see the better life, it's almost like, it's it's like incredible how we've made it out alive yeah and it's crazy to be able to look back and be like wow I have an insane way of thinking my brain is fucked up have you ever like looked back at your drinking and using and being like how did I not die that night oh my god so I was literally again talking to my roommate yesterday um about like god moments you know because i never really believed in a god a higher power the universe like i was always like everyone's out to get me and everyone wants me to die so i'm just gonna fucking prove them right and do prove them wrong and do whatever i want you know like whatever so there's like a few times like one time specifically i was i I don't know if i ever told you this story i was sleeping and i threw up in my sleep and i woke up choking on my own vomit which is how people die and I like was so drunk that I didn't understand what was happening like I knew that I couldn't really breathe all the way but that like I I didn't know really that I was choking on my own vomit and something like pushed me like I I felt like a force like pushed me to my side and like I think it might have just been like me like realizing that I was going to die. And I ended up like throwing up all over the side of my bed, but like I very well could have died. Yeah. Little things like that. And when I'm not little, that's kind of a big thing, but you know, like instances like that or driving when I shouldn't be or doing this or doing, you know, like there's like a ton of little things that like, I look back and I get like weird. Like I like cringe a little bit. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, how did I make it out of that? Like, Holy shit. I'm alive. Has that ever, do you like look back and like cringe? I definitely cringe because I'm like, how, um, there was a time that I was, went to the outlets. Um, my, listeners, you may not know this area, but Deer Park outlets, for those of you who live on Long Island, I was there drinking and, <laughs> and I drove home and I was at a red light and the light next to me, not mine, the one next to me went green And I drove right through the intersection into oncoming traffic. Like the turning lanes. Yeah. And everyone's honking at me. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I just need to get home. That happens to me like sober. And I don't go through the light, but like I'll see the arrow next to me and I'll like start to go. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, wait, that's not my light. But like. Yeah, it's shit like that, that you look back and you're like, how am I alive? Yeah. Um, But I mean, so yeah, so we have pandemic feelings and we have, how do you know if drinking is 
something you should stop today. And I think those are two great topics that we covered. Yeah, I, I love this episode. I do too. Um, and for our listeners, um, you know, hit subscribe, follow us on Instagram at JK We're Sober. And again, message us if you have any ideas, if you have any things you want to, anything you want to hear. Um, and our personal accounts are on there as well. If you want to DM us, we're here for you. Um, anything to add, Kimberly? Um, I would like to piggyback off what you said with hit and subscribe. It would be totally awesome if you left a rating and wrote a review on Apple Podcasts because we want to know how we're doing. And that's also another avenue for us to see what you want to hear. Yes. And yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. I think that is a great idea. So yeah, leave us a review. Let us know if you like us or not. If you don't like us, don't tell us because we're alcoholics and that can be dangerous. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm sensitive. <laughs> uh, feelings are hard and everyone hates me. Anyway, um, thanks for listening and we love you guys. And remember, stay strong and stay sober. <laughs>